listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Monday, the 13th of September 2021. Merger and acquisition activity is really reaching fever pitch right now with another huge deal looking increasingly likely. The Board of Sydney Airport has provisionally recommended a revised takeover by a consortium of super funds which values the company at around $32 billion. Now this is the third offer, so it started at $8.25 a few months ago up to $8.45. Today's offer is for $8.75 per security. The Sydney Airport Board has now opened its books to the consortium with a four-week due diligence period commencing soon before a binding offer is potentially made. So for more on this, I spoke earlier with Daylight Financial Group's chairman, Elia D'Amato, and I first asked him just how significant this deal is. Well, it's definitely the year for big deals. Of course, we've had our largest with Afterpay being acquired by Square for some $39 billion. We've also had Santos and Oil Search merge. We've had BHP's divestment of oil and gas assets. So it's actually been an incredibly strong uh, 12 months when it comes to merger and acquisition activity, especially amongst the mega plays, which is very typical of companies that are coming towards the end of a growth cycle and maybe looking for that next impetus that gets them to that next level. Okay, what does this offer, though, say about the viability of the travel sector as we try to live with COVID? Yeah, well, this one here is slightly different. I think what this deal is telling us is that we're, we're all going to get through this, that there is another side, and that the tyranny of distance makes Australia's largest airport an attractive set of assets for those who can look beyond the current pain and maintain and adhere to a long-term focus. So a super fund is absolutely perfect for that. Okay, and, and speaking of super funds, what does it say about the role and the power that these funds have? Because they are really at the forefront of a lot of our merger and acquisition um, deals at the moment, not just locally, but we hear about all these pension funds overseas too. Yeah, and they're playing here in Australia. Look, they're big, they're influential, and there's a very valid argument to suggest that they should play more of an active role in a nation-building role. I mean, these are extremely, you know, they've got a large pool of assets, regular cash inflows, and they don't have the short-sightedness of private equity or retail investors. So when it comes to investments that boost productivity and have a 40-plus year time horizon, then why shouldn't this massive pool of assets be put to work? Though my preference would be in new Greenfields projects rather than simply acquiring ones that exist. Listed infrastructure stocks are becoming uh, a bit of a rarity on global markets. Why is that? I mean, I think with with the Sydney sale, doesn't it become... I mean, there are no uh, airports listed in Australia, are there, apart from Auckland? No, that's right, exactly. And there's a number of reasons for this uh, phenomenon occurring. I mean, one, there's a lot of cashed-up investment vehicles out there at the moment feeling very adventurous when it comes to the allocation of capital, particularly, um, you know, uh, big-scale infrastructure projects which have that long-term horizon and fit within their modus operandi. Uh, for the infrastructure consortium, look, it's it's best to deal with a handful of investors uh, rather than thousands on the registry because they can be a little difficult, whereas if you only have one or two very big investors, it becomes much easier to manage. Um, two is that these projects can often take a decade or more to get off the ground or realise a positive return on investment. So, that's often not an attractive proposition for many market participants. So taking it off market is a smart way to do uh, or to manage that. 
And uh, look, they're often heavily indebted. They require the support of investors with deep pockets that are liquid enough to support them. Um, you know, they don't want to necessarily be exposed to investors who are fixated on why marketing expenses are 5% over budget, which is really the sort of questions that us analysts ask for as our day job. So what this all means is that infrastructure assets really suit big cashed-up entities who have the focus for long-term investments and will commit to a project long-term. Therefore, uh, investments and superannuation and pension funds are most likely the candidates that are going to be acquire these infrastructure assets and hence why they're so attractive to them. And just finally, a bit of market commentary. I saw a few uh, comments today, reports that um, investors in the US are starting to turn bearish there. Uh, what are you thinking? Well, obviously, we're coming towards the upper end of a, an upward trending channel, as they say, which inevitably means that as markets go up, investors get a little bit concerned that we could see a price decline. Um, but look, it's very difficult to suggest we're just aimlessly moving up still north for the moment, particularly on the COVID recovery trade. But the next big catalyst is going to be the coming AGM season, which starts in a month's time. In particular, there'll be a focus put on companies who didn't provide any quantitative guidance when they released their annual result just a month ago. This was actually a very common phenomenon because of the uncertainty with COVID. Many uh, refuse to give that material guidance. But by the time the AGM season comes around, they'll have four to five months of trading conditions to be able to give us some guidance. And I dare suggest once we start to get some clarity as to where our businesses are headed operationally, I think that'll provide further guidance for where the market can go from a price perspective. Elio D'Amato there from Daylight Financial. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. (laughs) 